0: So when you modify your sentences and you create language structure with modification, a machine learning can pull that out and say, there's modification. Modification tends to mean experience. And that's how Google will do it.
1: We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? building real relationships with real humans, and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis.
2: Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the SAS SEO So I'm your host, George Cassiodis, and today I'm very happy to be joined by Mori Oberstein. Morty is the head of SEO branding at Wix. At the same time, he serves as a communications advisor for SEM Rush, dedicated to SEO education. Morty is one of the organizers of SEO Chat, host of the SEO RAND podcast, co host of the Edge of the Web's news podcast, and a popular industry author and speaker. Second time on the podcast. Morty, welcome.
0: Thanks for having me back. I have to plug myself a little bit because I'm also now the host of the Serps Up podcast, which I totally forgot to update my bio. So that's on me. Oh man,
2: I'm sorry that we missed. No, that. no, no,
0: no, no. That's on me. That's on me. That's on me. So thank okay. you for having me back.
2: <laughs> it's yeah. I, I'm like I always enjoy conversations with with you. So I'm very happy to um to you know do this recording uh, with you. Second time on the podcast. What has changed for you since the last time? Besides Uh, chat CPT, of course, what has uh, changed besides that?
0: We'll get to that. Um, (laughs) one thing that has not changed and I'm going to have to apologize is this terrible cold that I've had for the last like four weeks. I can't shake it. So if I sound nasally, I apologize. Um, but in real terms, I am now back at Wix. I was consulting. I was at Wix consulting for Wix now back full time at Wix. I'm working around, um, SEO and branding.
2: Okay. Now for people who opened their laptops for the first time in 2023 and have never heard of Wix before. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about what Wix is? Who gets the most value out of the product?
0: Yeah, so Wix is a website builder, the CMS. Um, traditionally, people have thought about it as a platform that's easy to build a website on. Um, that's great for, let's say, uh, a, a SMB or a portfolio website uh, and so forth. But over the last couple of years, and you've seen this on the on the SEO side, there's a lot of chat about, what we've done on the SEO side to improve the SEO offering to make it pretty complex and pretty prolific, and um, that's kind of what's happened across the board at Wix over the last, I'll say, three, four, five. It's really a slow progression. It's the last couple of years, put it that way. So, as a as a company, we've really become more relevant to um, larger sites, agencies, and we're sort of like moving into that space more and more and more. If I could, you know, stick my neck in, out and say that.
2: Okay. Now you're leading the. SEO branding efforts uh, at, at Wix. Now, I'm, I'm, I've been doing this for, for a while, but the truth is that I'm not you know uh, familiar w- with the term, and I guess other people will not be uh, familiar with it as well. So my question is, I guess, what is um, SEO branding and um, brand marketing, I guess, more broadly?
0: Okay, wow. Um, brand mar- let's start with brand marketing, because I love brand marketing. There's multiple ways you can define brand marketing. To me, brand marketing is about being able to manifest your identity to a target audience and to connect with that audience and who they are. It's a way of presenting yourself. Okay. That's brand marketing.
2: An an example of that? Do you have something? Um, Yeah,
0: sure. Like Coca-Cola presenting itself as being fun and you'll have fun with Coca-Cola. So they're, they're giving off who they are. Right, Nike. Right, you know, you're gonna, you're, they're bold, they're energetic, they're athletic, they're dynamic. People who are athletic, dynamic, and energetic can identify with that. You fit me. I, I think people don't realize that when you look at a company and you want to buy a product, there's a fundamental human need that you want to buy from somebody who represents you. Like, there's a, there's a connection there, right? Is this product who I am? And if it's not who I am, I am not going to buy it. So you need to be able as a brand, as a company to be able to connect with your audience and understand that who you are, who they are, and the fact that who you are and who they are sync up and there's a symbiosis there. And that's fundamentally brand marketing, which gets into a lot of, I'll say, psychological ideas, but also as existential philosophical ideas about identity and what it means to exist and what it means to connect with other people. So that's why I really like it. It's really heady if you really get into it.
2: Oh man, it's 9am here and we are... You know, we're, we're, we're getting deep into, into stuff, but I, I mean, I've got, I've got to ask, I, I understand that and I get that, but it seems to me that it's easier for a company like, uh, say Nike, to kind of create that perception and help people resonate and say that, you know what, yeah, my identity um, is close to like the ethics and, you know, like whatever this brand represents. But I mean, isn't that difficult in, uh, in a B2B setting?
0: It's difficult in general. Like I, don't, I, I wouldn't say that Nike or Coke are great examples. I mean, I'm using them because everybody knows them. Yeah. I'm not sure they're wonderful examples of that because I think a lot of that identity is fabricated and it's not real. And what you really want to do is to actually present yourself as who you are, what you actually are. I don't think Nike is actually any of those things. I think there's a bunch of corporate hacks who are not hacks, a bad word, uh, corporate people who are, who are doing these things and presenting themselves a certain way. I'm trying to think of a really good brand. You know, if you look at smaller businesses and what they do, they come across as like, look, this is who I am. I hope that it resonate with you. So I think those are usually better examples. You know, to flip back onto the SEO branding side, what does that mean? Uh, it means about branding SEO. It's brand marketing around SEO, which is super cool. Because I don't think that there's a lot of roles out there or companies out there that are doing that. I would say like in terms of like companies who are actively, you know, talking about SEO, pushing out SEO, marketing SEO, if you want to call all that. I would go out on a limb and say Wix is probably the biggest company in the world doing that. Meaning we're not just, you know, like a seminar is talking about SEO, you know, to other SEOs. We're now to SMBs also, but traditionally to, to other SEOs. Whereas Wix is talking to S- about SEO very heavily and very, um, um, focused like to a very broad audience of people. And I think that's really cool. And what that trying to connect like, what Wix does for you as a platform from an SEO point of view to those audiences is super interesting and what that means. Um, I'll, I'll give you like an example. Like I'll, I'll like, let's let's pull the curtain back. So one of the audiences we target are other SEOs. And one of the things I like about what we do, let's take all right, we have an SEO learning hub. One of the things that's great about that is that it's not an acquisition asset. It's purely an education asset. We don't have to worry about acquisition. So most blogs usually have to worry about acquisition. We don't. We have a blog. That's separate. They worry about the acquisition and they have to worry about balancing um, informational content and accuracy. And profoundity with acquisition, which is always a hard thing. We don't have to. So I feel like we're in a position where, like, we can do things a quote-unquote call the right way. We're free to do things the right way, and I want that. I want other SEOs to know that because it's generally important to us. I'll give you like a George Winters, who the the used to be our search engine land. Now he edits the SEO hub for us. He's in charge of all the editorial. Rather to him, these issues are like legitimately important. So when we have meetings, and there's a question about. Do we go after reach? How do we market this? How do we position that? George is usually the one who brings it back down to earth saying, okay, yeah, but we need to make sure we do this the right way. And that's something that I want other people to understand about us because I think it's important. I think it's good to have a, a company out there who's doing those things that other companies look at. Hey, look, like Wix is not just doing things from a marketing point of view or for a reach point of view or for an acquisition point of view, but they're doing things that's the right thing to do. I think that's just a healthy thing to have and it's a win-win because it helps us. So that's that's like a brand message that I'm putting out there and it's a brand messaging that you're putting out there. It's not in a commercial, it's not in a I don't know in a you know YouTube campaign or a social media campaign. It's just by being public and people watching what you're doing. Right. Or they say I'm gonna to pivot to that that's by the way, that's a lot of brand marketing, is just people watching what you're doing. Or if we're talking about like a business audience, a broader audience, people business owners, what do I want them to know about SEO? Like I want them to understand that from an SEO point of view, it's accessible. We make things that are otherwise complex easier for you to do. That's not like a marketing message. Like that's I want people to feel like the platform allows them to succeed and it makes SEO accessible to them. Cause sometimes I feel SEO is very inaccessible. It seems complicated. It seems far removed, but there are things you can do and then ways that you can format things, which we've done inside the product itself, that I wanted someone when they're looking at Wix to feel like, okay, I can succeed. I could feel like I can handle at least some of the SEO tasks on my own. So again, it's all like those kind of messaging and positioning kind of things.
2: And uh, you use, as I understand it, you use mainly like
0: uh, education as the main vehicle, right? We, we think that, yeah, that when you're trying to position um, the brand in a certain way, education is really the best way to do it. Um, a lot of the barriers are removed. You're speaking directly to the audience. You can speak honestly. You can speak a little bit less. Um, you're, not, you're not framing things. You're just simply talking to the other person. I think it's a very, very powerful thing in brand marketing and in marketing in general. You want to be able to, to talk to the other person. And when you start doing marketing campaigns, which, well, of course we do. But when you start doing those things, you're not really talking directly to the person anymore. You're talking to them in a certain way, but you're not having an actual conversation with them. So yes, you need to do marketing assets. So like, no, no one's going to argue that, but you also really need to be able to talk to your audience. So I think like, by the way, like content itself is probably the greatest brand marketing asset that's out there because what the content you put out signals to other people what you're all about and what you mean. So like, if we're going to. Say, so, yeah, I want to make SEO accessible to everyone. Okay, so then I need to talk in a way with my content that makes people feel like it's accessible to them. So I can, I can make myself sound really smart, but if I do that, I'm going to turn people off, that kind of thing.
2: Do you think that there are many like, B2B SaaS companies that can do that? The, I mean, they are at the stage where they can do things for the sake of like um, just giving value without... Uh, you know, an agenda or without like a metrics or anything like that?
0: I think if a company is looking at things long-term, then yes. I think if they're looking to just have a quick win and to move the needle and to make a big impact or a big splash, then generally not. I'm not because it's any like bad intentions. They have their goals. Companies have their goals and you're trying to do things. You're trying to move the needle and you need to do it fast because you're on the line and people are looking at you and you need to show progress and whatever. And then you end up doing things that are more about you showing that you're succeeding and less about showing that you're actually interested in the user.
2: Yeah. I mean, in most cases, you know, like what we are doing online, there is a, there is an end goal, right. That, that we are trying to reach that this piece of content is written to, I don't know, um, -hmm. the very early stages to get us impressions and clicks then a bit later we will start caring about okay now we have clicks and views can we like um let's say turn some of these people into leads and then we have leads okay can we see what's going on so we can turn more people into customers and so on and so forth so so as as i understand it in marketing in general there is always or in most cases there is an end goal you know something that we are trying to a purpose that we are trying to serve it seems to me that you know it's like uh, I, in an ideal world, like we would do content or even SEO or anything like that, other marketing related activities without having, you know, our purpose is just to add value, just, just that.
0: No, obviously there's, there's more than just adding value because you have to, you you have to exist. You have to thrive. Like that's, that's a part of the goal. But I think that generally speaking, those two things work hand in hand together. I don't look at them as like diametrical forces. I think in, in general life, when you do things the right way, then the rest of it kind of follows along with it. So if you are, again, let's say we're trying to show the, and these are there's a difference between showing the brand value of something, like we're showing to show the brand value of SEO on Wix to um to an agency, right? There's, there's definitely brand value there, right? You don't, to, I don't know. You don't have to worry about maintenance you can take all of your client's budget and put it towards growth. That's a brand value. That's a value of the product. But there's all sorts of of ways to go about saying that. How do you go about saying that? Are you just like pushing it out there on on ads? And it's very like, get Wix because it gives awesome value because you don't have to spend money on maintenance. like, that's not the way to go about that. It's through, yes, you need the marketing assets, but you need to show like deeper educational value, deeper assets, much more... Here's what we have. You make the decision, that kind of thing.
2: In uh, the activities you are involved in and lead, is like, you know, driving traffic or anything like that part of the conversation or, or it's not like,
0: well, I mean, look, we have an SEO learning hub. So yeah, we talk about what are the, like, what are the you know, the, the, the hard metric KPIs, traffic, whatever it is, is. They're there because that's the nature of a content hub. You want it, you want it to, by its very nature, you want it to reach people. You want to, it's almost like self-fulfillment. You want to be fulfilled. As a content hub, fulfillment means, part of fulfillment at least, means reach. That you're not just like talking into the air. But it's not, but that's not the goal. I think there's a difference between the goal and this is the nature of the thing. This is what's natural. This is what's healthy. This is what we want out of it. The goal is to help people part of measuring that is how many people can you help kind of thing is it and is the thing that we're doing healthy is it not healthy if it's not being it's not reaching people then it's not a healthy thing
2: that makes sense i think it's more clear now i mean one thing uh that's very interesting to me for companies like weeks is that i mean besides the obvious you know search queries and like keywords or whatever that you can target and have visibility for, and most likely they have some commercial intent in them. For example, for we, weeks that could be website website builder, best website builders, or whatever. Uh, as I see, the product can be used by almost anyone who wants to have a website online. Yep. I mean, the, it's it's difficult for me as an outsider, of course, to to define the 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 audience. Okay, and create create content for for that audience. How do you beat that? I mean, you you kind of touched on that by saying that we create like we will create content for agencies, for example, or anything like that. But is that is that clear? I mean, what the target audience is? Because there's just so many use cases, like from, I just want a single landing page, to I, I want to build a blog, to I want to build a portfolio website, whatever.
0: Yeah, I think again, that, that, that goes into understanding who you are I and mean, what, what what are we? And then what what needs do we serve because of who we are? And there's many. And there's many different audiences. And it's being able to segment and say, okay, great. For an SEO consultant, we mean X. For a content marketing agency, we mean Y. There are overarching themes behind all of that, but there's specific messaging that makes it appropriate for that particular audience. Like so, for example, a content market, I would say for an an SEO agency. An SEO agency, great. Like we do a lot of things that help you scale. It's efficient, saves you time. Those same things. Right, the, the same product, the same things that make it efficient and scalable for an, an SEO agency, if I'm talking to a content marketing agency, I would put that a little bit differently. Like my brand messaging is a little bit different because I want to understand who you are and what your needs are. And the question is, do we fill those needs? And I, I, like, I'll be completely honest with you. There there are audience segments that I'll look at and say, you know what? We don't meet their needs yet, or we will never meet their needs. Like, we're, Wix will never let you access the source code. That's not who we are. Doesn't make that, that, that's what makes Wix Wix. And that offers a lot of value because we don't let you do that. So I'll go about it for content marketing agency. I'll say something like, look, like your focus on content, you need SEO because that's one of your channels that you're going to use to drive success for the client. Wix is unique in that it lets you decide how involved you want to be or don't want to be in the SEO because we do make it efficient and automated. But to an SEO agency, the automation is great because it saves time. But you may want to customize it, so I'll focus on the customization aspect of it. With a content marketing agency, you may not care about the customization aspects, so I'll focus on the automation part. So it's understanding what the actual audience needs.
2: That's uh, that's clear. That's clear. And thank you for explaining. Uh, one question I have though regarding that is that to understand these needs and you know how you can communicate effectively to you know all these different audiences that you are targeting, do you get? On calls with customers, like uh, yeah. conducting interviews?
0: There's a lot of client research. There's a lot of talking to others. So, you know, we have our own partners. Those are the Wix partners. They're, they're our agency. We talk to them all the time. We talk the clients all the time. We talk to external people. So, for example, we have an SEO advisory board, which is why we have that, so we can get outside perspective. We talk to other SEO. And this, I'm just talking about my team in particular. All the other teams would probably do the same thing. We talk to other SEO agencies all the time, other SEO consultants all the time, trying to get their feedback, trying to pick their brains a little bit, just so we can better understand how we can help them.
2: Yeah, because these are insights that, as I said, no SEO software or AI tool or keyword clustering tool will... AI cannot
0: do this. It cannot do a lot of things. AI cannot do a lot of things, which I'll probably talk about.
2: (laughs) yeah speaking of AI, I mean th- this this was going to be I, I would like to shift the conversation a bit now. I-, I know this is not exactly what you came here for, but uh, I've got to ask uh, a note for people who are listening to this. Uh, it's uh, Thursday, January nineteenth at the time of this recording. and I would like to ask you your thoughts on uh, even though it's kind of early still, but what are your thoughts on ChatGPT GPT oh, and uh, generative content? In general,
0: um, it's a spectrum. My thoughts and feelings are on a spectrum of I think it can be useful to kill it with fire. And I, I'll say it is a tool that if a mature person used it, they can leverage it in really, really interesting ways to help their business and to help create content. Uh, an example I'll use is you know, I don't know content about, um, I use the example all the time, and I'm going blank on it um, snow tires. Do I need to use snow tires on my car? That topic, I'm sure I don't know. I know nothing about cars. Has probably been covered a gazillion times. It's a very snippetal piece of content. Probably been covered a million times over. There's probably nothing new I can add to that conversation at this point. So great. Let let some AI writers scrape the web, take what everybody else already did, and regurgitate it for my website. Fine. Leaving aside the ethical issues of taking everybody's content and regurgitating it. Fine. Great. Like there's. There's nothing I was gonna to add to that conversation anyway. So it's a you know, short FAQ, a short snippet, a header or a title or whatever. Great. I'm all for, you know, peer reviewed, meaning human reviewed AI. Where it gets interesting is take the very same example, and let's say there's new technology that emerges, in which case the answer to that question changes. AI is not gonna know that for a while. It's gonna to have to rescrape everything and it's not gonna know the answer to that until everybody starts updating their content. But no one's going to update their content because everybody's using AI. So now what? And that runs into an issue where I think that it's unsupervised, to use a machine learning term, if you let people to their own devices and we don't, we're not supervising them, so to speak, this is going to be a disaster. People are going to spin up endless amounts of content. It is going to take the web, I never thought this it possible. It's going to take the state of web content, which already stinks, and it is going to destroy it. it I, 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 I'll equate it to money. Money, the value of money needs to be a happy medium. If, if the price of money, so to speak, is too expensive, you, you, it, it, meaning, uh, let's say, let's rephrase it. If there's too much money out there, then it produces inflation. In the case, sometimes hyperinflation, where the money is just worthless. If the entry to barrier, uh, the, the barrier to entry, rather, is too high, meaning there's too little money, right, then it's too. the money's too expensive, right? You know, $1 can now buy me, you know, a, you know, a mansion. You don't want that either. You want there to be a happy medium. Same thing with content. The barrier to entry is too low and you can just spin up anything with ease. You're going to be flooded with content. The value of content will be completely destroyed. And I think that's what's going to happen. And I, there's a million implications of what that actually means, but I'm pretty sure for at least for the short term, until there's a correction, we're going to destroy the web with this thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I have similar thoughts because uh, as we were like discussing before we start the the, the interview, I mean, one one thought that I, that I have is that, okay, let's say we can like publish 100 blog posts tomorrow. Okay, that's, that's great. We can do that with the help of AI. At, you know, the fraction of the cost that it would like, cost us to hire writers or, you know, whatever. And we can also have some human assistance to edit it and so on and so forth. That's great. If like the whole web can do that and we just, you know, spit out words out there and like publish new blog posts. I mean, at the end of the day, who's going to read all this content? You know, who, uh, what's, what's the point of it all, you know?
0: Yep. It dilutes everything. And I think, you know, going back to brand for a second, I think that the power of brand is going to become very, 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 very into focus because if you're gonna become known for having really good, unique content, now that stands out. Imagine how much that will stand out in the future when there's an absolute flood of absolute not garbage, but let's just generic content. If your site is going to become known for having really excellent content, you will stand out. People will seek that out. So you having a brand association to being a site that has strong content is going to come into focus.
2: What would you say to someone who, let's say, you have a friend, they they have a content marketing agency, and uh, your friend comes to you and they are like, "Mori, I mean, I don't know what to do, man. Like, this is going to change everything. I'm concerned about, you know, our clients, uh, our work,
0: whatever." What would you tell to this to this friend? I would tell them the same thing I would tell somebody who owns an opium farm. You can use this to create something that will help people, right? You can use opiates to create um, pain medication, morphine, whatever it is. I'm pretty sure morphine is opium. I I don't know. Um, Or you can use this to create highly dangerous drugs that can ruin people's lives. There's nothing wrong with AI and there's nothing wrong with AI content. It's all what you do with that farm. And I think the danger is that AI writers solve such a powerful pain point. People don't know how to write content. They don't know how to create content. Writing content as someone who comes from a content background is very, very hard. I've been crafting this skill. I used to write like, you know, like essays from like my stepdad when I was in like ninth grade. That had nothing to do with school. Like we would just work on writing. As outside, like I always liked writing. I would like to work on my writing. I've been crafting this for years. It is not easy. And AI writers solve that pain point where I hate writing. I'm not good at writing. Content creation is hard and it's time consuming. And now you've given people a drug to fix all of that. And people are going to be enticed by it. If you look at the level of, of humanity and that what human how humanity behaves, go look at COVID. I always thought I never had a high opinion of humanity. And now go look at COVID. And you're like, wow, people are way stupider than I thought. I know that sounds horrible. You're going to now give them, you're looking at what's going on on the web now. People are writing listicles. People are writing very thin content. It's fluff and now you're giving them this, what do you think they're going to do with it? And right. I'm not necessarily blaming them because, again, it solves a pain point. They don't know how to handle content because content needs to be handled by someone who knows how to handle content. That's very few people. It's going to be a disaster.
2: So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with most of the points that you outlined. But back to my question, when someone, if someone comes to you concerned because like this is tied to their livelihood. Like, you know, it's my business, it's, you know, my income, whatever. What would you say to them? Like the beginning, the first few years, when there's going to be an abuse and this thing is not going to be regulated, it's going to be pretty tough and then it will get better. Or like, you know what? Start like, uh, thinking about changing a career or anything like that?
0: Well, I think, again, it all depends. I'm trying to find the person I was talking to about this yesterday. Yes, yeah, so I was talking to um Elaine Machado from um, um the Make Marketing Great podcast about this recently. And he had an interesting thought. And I, I agree, and I think this speaks to your question. You said that you're going to have people in the in the beginning to be probably very very successful with with content writers. They produce content, it'll rank, it'll do fine until Google figures it out. So let's jump back to like the era of Panda. People were writing thin content; it was doing great until Panda came around and killed it all. And now you're going to have a situation where everyone's looking at their their rankings and traffic and whatever, all going up. Google will figure it out at some point and kill it. And now you're gonna have a lot of unhappy clients and a lot of unhappy campers. So again, if you're somebody who's looking at their business and thinking short-term, go ahead, write the AI content. If you're looking to have to survive long-term, I don't think, there's no way in my mind that the web is going to be able to sustain this. There's two inevitable possibilities. Either the web figures it out and they figure out a mature way to handle this or to put checks on the system, meaning the algorithm, let's say, Figures out a way to really handle this, or the web as we know it becomes completely obsolete. Because no, it's not going to become a commodity that people want anymore. It's going to become filled with generic content. To your point before, who really wants that? So there's going to have to be a market correction in some way, shape, or form. The question is are you aware of that? Do you consider that to be a reality? Because if you do, you'll handle AI content now in a mature way so that when the correction happens, you don't get slaughtered because what I think is going to happen is you're going to have a lot of these content marketing agencies who are going to use EIA written content. They're going to create a lot of content. They're going to make a lot of money and then they're all going to die off like it's Panda 2.0. Yeah, that's,
2: that's the optimistic side. And I, and I like that. I, I would like to see things in the same way. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, in the discussions we have with clients yesterday, we had a kickoff call with a new client and they were like, um, you know, we were talking about, we will do some more complex stuff with them, like programmatic SEO and stuff like that. And there was in the discussion, like using AI icon for some of the elements or something like that. And we didn't even have to present the argument. Like they by themselves said that, you know what? No, at some point, Google is going to destroy the, destroy those those websites. And you know what? Uh, we've raised money for like doing this, this, this company and uh, we can't risk... Going back to our investors and telling them, after I don't know a couple of years, that, you know what, our main source of leads, customers, brand recognition, whatever is being you know completely destroyed. So there are so many yeah. implications, and I'm glad that some people already see the threat and the risk that's entailed.
0: Yeah, the mature companies do. The mature companies realize that this is not there's no such thing as a quick win. And anything that smells like a quick win? It's not gonna last. I'll throw a crazy idea at you. This is not my idea. It's Crystal Carter's idea from uh she's the um um head of communi- SEO communications over on my team. Everyone knows Crystal, I don't need to say everyone knows Crystal Carter is. Um she's like, hey, look, let's say I'm a website and I don't I'm spending a lot of money creating content and I'm putting in a lot of effort creating really good content, and now some stupid AI system is gonna come along and scrape it and regurgitate it. And spit it back out there. I'm going to put my content behind a gate. So now you can end up with an ecosystem where a lot more content's behind a gate. And what the hell does that mean for the ecosystem? Imagine that. That's what I mean. Like we we think about it from an SEO. Forget SEO. This is a much 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 bigger question that speaks to the entire ecosystem of what is the web five years from now.
2: Okay, uh, that's a great point. By the way, uh, I haven't thought about it that that way. Maybe but that was
0: the- She's brilliant. That's why we love her.
2: That's a great point. But back to, to SEO, how do you see this affects like, specifically the SEO industry?
0: Hey, from, a, from a Google search point of view, look like uh, Google's obviously doubling down on, on figuring out a way to show quality content. And what I think what's going to happen is, is that inevitably, let's go back to the snow tire example. So you have content that you created from an AI writer about when you need to change, when do you need to use snow tires? And you have all these like FAQ kind of snippetable content that's been produced by an AI writer, and it's all fine. How did, And let's say the whole web is full of this. Let's make it really simple. Everyone went to the same AI writer, entered the same question about snow tires, and got the same snippet back. How does Google decide what to rank? It was all the same, which is already a question to a certain extent. Now, some people are going to say links. I think that's ridiculous. That is like so Google going backwards. It's not where they want to go with this. What they're going to do is, <clears throat> part of my voice will cracking because I have a cold, what they're going to do is they're going to do what they're doing in the helpful content update and what they've been doing in the core updates, which is looking at quality, which is a domain level metric. <clears throat> so quality, if you don't know this, Google has said this multiple times, quality is a domain level metric they don't want you going to one web page that's really quality that you that were ranked in search, then go to the next page, which is just terrible junk. So quality is a domain level metric, which they've specifically talked about in the helpful content update that when you meet the threshold of being helpful, that's across the entire domain. They're gonna double down on that. They're gonna have to double down on that. Why? Because everybody, let's say, has that same snippet from the same AI writer. They're going to look at, okay, you're a blog, you're a blog, you're a blog all about tires. Which one of you really handles the topic of tires in a quality way with really great, really helpful, really unique, um, handwritten content? You are great. So you rank for the snippet content that the AI produced also. And that's how they'll decide what ranks. So domain level authority, so to speak, domain authority is not an actual metric. That's a Moz metric. But domain level quality metrics are going to determine what ranks for top level AI related content.
2: Is that also related to connected to topical authority? You know, this yeah, concept same thing. Of...
0: Topical authority. Yeah. However you want to frame it, you being a topical authority is going to determine what if you rank for that really snippetable piece of content that you had an AI writer write. Because that that particular page or that particular snippet is not unique anymore. So that's going to have to be, okay, on that topic, you're the authority. So Google knows that if they rank you for that snippet, which everybody has the same snippet because everyone uses the same AI writer, Google knows that when they click onto your website from that snippet, when they go to the next page that's a little bit more long tail, where you had to have a human writer write it, it's quality.
2: I, I see a few examples of that. I, I just wanted to hear your thoughts, along with what we just discussed, more pieces of content that you know include personal opinion, something that I've experienced myself. So back to your example, that could be we've tried you know seven different like snow tires, so you don't have to here is our honest take, okay? Yeah, uh, uh, I, I was uh, discussing an example in a in a webinar we did. I, I can't recall exactly which one was it, but Uh, the the query was designer developer collaboration. Okay. And the second result is from built-in and the the title tag reads, designer developer collaboration sucks. Here's how to, to fix it. The third one after that, why we don't obsess about designer developer, you know, collaboration, which I know maybe it's written by AI. I don't think so, but it seems that there, there is some personal like opinion there, uh, you know, something that you can't have so easily with, with AI.
0: So you want to go into the weeds on this? I think what they're going to do is what they've already been doing in the product review updates, which when they talked about was they added um, guidance around the product review updates that you have to have firsthand use of the product. Now, they took that and now they added that to the quality raters guideline. and said you ha- there's another E in EAT. It's EAT for experience. Which is unique in my mind because usually they add it to the quality guidelines first. Then they see if they can sort of mimic what they added to the guidelines algorithmically. Here is the reverse order. Here they gave you guidance around the algorithm and then they went back and added that to the quality guidelines. In other words, I think they're trying to figure out algorithmically how to determine whether or not you actually have actual experience. And I don't think it's crazy because it's what machine learning is built for. Machine learning is built to profile language and language structure. And it's very easy to take a look and understand whether or not the language structure reflects what might possibly be actual experience. How is that not crazy? The example I've been using for months has been I'm reviewing vacuum cleaners on my website and um, I write in the, I write great vacuum, good on carpets. And then somebody else writes, Great vacuum, good on carpets, but not great with pet hair. Which one of us use the actual product? The one that talked about the pet hair. In terms of now, how does Google know that? Because the language structure is totally different. In the first one, I didn't modify anything. And if you look at AI written content, there's a lot of there's a lot less structure around modification. It's just statement, 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 statement. But modification usually comes from actually using the thing because that's a level of nuance that you can't just get from scraping the web. An AI writer, I don't think will ever be comfortable doing that because there's not enough consensus for it to do that. So when you modify your sentences and you create language structure with modification, a machine learning can pull that out and say, there's modification. Modification tends to mean experience. And that's how Google will do it.
2: Fascinating. That's, That's very interesting very very interesting indeed aside you know all the like um the things we dis- discussed so far do you see any like practical applications of um ai meaning for, uh, let's let's discuss you know specifically for seo professionals for example to make uh, a table or to make a uh, you know to generate schema markup or anything like that, I've seen different ones. I just wanted to to know.
0: Which yeah, yeah, okay. Um. So yeah, people have talked about the schema again. I reference Crystal Carter, who dived into this actually, and she went through and started looking at what the schema was. She said that I haven't played around with it, but she said you can get it to do it, but you have to be careful because it initially will not do it the right way. It won't. It won't exact. It won't be exactly what you need for your particular situation. So you have you could do it, but you got to be real careful with it. I think for like for example like things like headers. Like first of all, a- people have been using AI writers for a long time in SEO. I'm um, going to look at what Danny Richmond has been doing. And he's been pulling it into, you know, do uh, you know, intent analysis and all sorts of an- a keyword analysis for a long time. I think if you're talking about from a writing point of view, I'm happy if you want to take like you have a um you want to take a, a a bunch of paragraphs and create headers. And have the AI summarize the paragraph to create a header. That's probably fine. You probably need to tweak it here and there and tweak it a little bit. And tweak it to exactly. I think it would be more about the AI writer will be able to summarize it. But will it be able to target it to your target audience? Probably not. So you probably need to do that level of refinement. So I, I think there's applicability with AI writers. I'm not saying no. I think they can help create content. But going back to the opium farm. It needs to be done the right way, otherwise you end up something dangerous.
2: Yeah, that's a great metaphor. Um, I guess we will wrap things up. Uh, the last question I have for you, or second to last before the the call to action for our listeners um, would be: you know, you are an SEO veteran and uh, you've been doing this for a while now. What do you think the the future holds for the SEO industry? Are we going to be Relevant uh, five years fr- from now or ten years from from now?
0: Yeah, or, or? All, it'll all be dead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, someone asked this to John Mueller a while back, um, particularly about things like automation and, and those sort of things. And I, I see it on the Wix site because we do a lot of automation, right? We use we automatically create structured data markup for a lot of your pages. Does that mean you don't need an SEO? No. What it means is that you can choose to focus on what you want to focus on, and you don't necessarily have, it, it lets you do other things. So, for example, let's take, um, uh, you know, you don't have to do product uh, structure data markup. We'll just do that for you. Okay, great. But now you can focus on really optimizing the content. Now you have f- free time to really focus on optimizing the content on the page because you didn't spend five hours creating markup. I mean, there's, there's always more to do. And it's a matter of, I, I love SEOs because like we talk about, oh, no, it's good. All, it's, it's, all the automation is going to kill us. And then the same breath we talk about how automation helps you do better SEO. Automation is not something scary. Automation means that now you're free to do more because there was always more to do. Does that mean you may need to pivot? Perhaps, right? If you're if your SEO is all about writing headings, that's like that's what you do. I'm making a really terrible use case. You may need to pivot because you may be made obsolete by an AI writer that can now write headings. I'm using that example because John Mueller, don't get on my case for saying that. John Mueller, a while back when someone was asking the very same question, said, I would imagine that in the future you can have tools that help you write headings. So if that's where you're making your money, you may need to pivot. And I think there's going to be need to be people who who pivot, as there always is. But no, SEO will not be obsolete. The automation will help you do better SEO.
2: That's a that's a great way to to close this episode. Um Morty, where
0: can people find out more about you and uh, Weeks? Um you can go you can check me out. I write a lot. I do a podcast, do webinars over the Wix SEO Learning Hub, which is wix.com slash SEO slash learn. Or you can find me on Twitter.
2: Okay. That was very, very insightful. And I think that we will have to publish it a bit uh, sooner uh, and prioritize it over other episodes. Um, Thank you very much. And uh, looking forward to future discussions like this. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. AHRS provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use AHRS Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free.
1: Another episode of the SaaS SEO show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.